0: Who wants to defeat you, who wants to keep you down, who wants you not to love God, who wants you not to give your life to Jesus, who wants you to fail in life, who wants to keep you down. But Abba Father has done everything eternally possible that we can have life and have it more abundantly and most of all, eternal life. I don't know about you, but that's incredible. That's amazing. And we shouldn't be so passive about it. We need to be rejoicing and thanking him all day long. I was thanking him for my son Daniel who gave me a new mailbox. That thing was falling apart and the postman was upset with me. And, you know, things like that. You know, to be grateful for a mailbox, thank you, Lord. Grateful for a son who would do it. You know, I mean, we are got, we've got to be more grateful. I'm preaching. Okay, forget it. (laughs) In Galatians 4, 6, it says, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. And, (laughs) (laughs) And remember when Jesus said in Matthew 11, he said, come to me. All you are laboring and heavy burdened and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. And you know, don't you think that sometimes we just don't come to him? We try to figure it out on our own. We try to fix it ourselves. How many people in this room are problem solvers? Come on. I know you are. (laughs) But you know, that's dangerous if we try to do it all ourselves. Because Jesus is the name above every name, not Ramona. Jesus is the name above every name, not Margaret. Jesus is the name above every name, this name. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will proclaim to the glory of God that is Jesus is Lord. And you know that even means the devil. In, those, in that heavenly place, even the devil will have to say, Jesus is Lord. Abba, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you. Happy Father's Day, Abba Father. And happy Father's Day to all the biological fathers and if there's spiritual fathers in the room, God bless you. Thank you for leading people to Jesus. And, you know, uh, we had a great time uh, in the men and the women last Thursday. And, of course, thank you so much, Linda, for teaching us how to make our temples clean and healthy and whole and We need to be strong in these end times. So thank you for that. And uh, please join us next month. It's the third Thursday of every month. And today's Bible class at 930 was led by Jim Duncan. And we had, yeah, he gave us lots of testimony of things that God had done through him and Jenny's life. And how prayer is so important. Prayer is so important. In Ephesians 6 it says to pray at all times for all saints everywhere. So I hope you're doing that. (laughs) And uh, next month, Tristan, we're going to get some of your teaching again. Hallelujah. And this Thursday, remember, this Thursday, remember, you know, uh, Jim was talking about how important prayer is. Well, you have an opportunity this Thursday Please come here in the sanctuary. We're going to be praying. a scenic prayer. We pray together. We read the prayers and declarations on the overhead together. So if you're afraid to pray, don't be. Uh, we're all going to do it together. And then these are intermingled with uh, individual prayers also. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. And look at your prayer requests. I know we, Pastor Bonnie puts those on every week. And please look at them. If you're going to pray for the saints everywhere, pray for that prayer request list and uh, Maggie thank you for being heading up the prayer chain you can all if you look in the announcement machine if you have a special request please let her know Uh, you can call or text her and um, we have a wonderful wonderful strong intercessors to pray for you and every Sunday morning at 930 no what time 9 o'clock We have intercessors that are praying specially for this service. That the whole and the whole ministry, the school, the church, so that we will come here in this morning and the Holy Spirit will minister to to us. And we need that. And thank you so much for that, Zosh and Barbara. Yes. Um, We are now going to take our tithes and offerings. And uh, I love what. Ephesians 520 says, give thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to honor him with our possessions, and we are going to be blessed because his word says we will be. So in, God loves a cheerful giver. Give as you love on the Lord. Amen. Pastor Louie, do you have something special for us today? Amen. A yes, powerful ma'am. Powerful message again. Yes, ma'am. Good morning.
1: So nice to see you all today. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you you very much. It's one of the things I like doing is being a dad. Uh, Today's message is boys will be boys. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, they will be. You know, it comes out of Luke 15. And, you know, fathers basically have a tough job. The only thing harder than a father is to be a mother, especially today when mothers more and more have to fulfill both roles, mother and father. Um, fathers being in and with a family have uh, been declining for many, many years. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19 and a half million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. And the Bible has some examples of fatherhood and how we can use these examples when we're a father or a mother that's being left to be a both mother and father. We can use these examples in everyday life. This is a story about a couple of boys and their father. It illustrates how we should act either as the head of the house, father or mother. And these truths will work on how we can handle our children if they've left home they are still our children Amen. our kids no matter what their age no matter what they've done no matter where they've gone they're still all our children and I hope these truths today will help you will change you will help you deal with everyday life while we take a look at a father so no matter how old you are your children are your children and the job of being a parent or a father, never ends. I remember my parents teaching me until the day they died. Even on the day each one of them died, I got the great privilege and honor to speak to them and to speak with them just moments before they died. And uh, they taught me not only how to live, but how to die. They taught me how to react in life and react to death. It was so impactful in my life. The job of a father is that of a teacher. Both of my parents were teachers, and uh, this teaching part, it never goes away. You know, uh, when children are in your home and they're young, you may have power over them. You can hold them tight. You can restrict them. But as they get older you have less and less power. You have to use influence. Yes. And that's what a teacher does. Look at Proverbs eight. Listen my son to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. father's a teacher. Ephesians 6.4 talks about this even a little bit more. Father's Don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The the word provoke means to exasperate. I'm sure you've seen it in Walmart where you see everything in Walmart. You don't believe me? Just head there after church. You see everything in Walmart. Um, I was in there the other day picking up something, and there was a man with his son, and the son was pushing the cart. He could barely see over the top of the cart, and he was doing the best he could with a wobbly leg that it wouldn't go straight, and he banged a couple of things, and instead of saying, hey, son, let's get another cart, or instead of helping him, hey, son, this wobbly leg, you're going to have to widen your arms and push it a little different. Instead, he berated the child for hitting the stuff My heart just ached, just ate, And so you don't want to provoke a child, criticize them or or berate them. Because once you get angry and once the child gets berated, teaching and learning, they don't occur. A father is also supposed to be a provider. In 1 Timothy 5, 8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially his own family, He has disowned the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So provide for your family. I mean, in the last few years, if you've had a family, it's been tough to provide. And fathers have lost jobs as a result of what's gone on the last few years. And if you study it very long, you'll realize that many have succumbed to suicide. Providing for your family has taken on a new dimension. Fathers are supposed to provide. They're also supposed to discipline. Listen to what Proverbs Thirteen twenty four says in the message. A refusal to correct is refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Disciplining them with love. A father also has to be an example. This I'm so conscious of in my life uh, sometimes I, I don't do so good on it. Other times I do just fine. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 You yourselves or our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone so I'm using these things to lead into this story about these boys in the Bible since his father's day I wanted to focus on a father in the Bible and how he handled being a father and just about how any man can be a father but it takes work to be a good father Uh, But it's how you handle being that father is really the issue. And we can see the results in society today. Boys will be boys. Jesus is telling this story. It's a parable. And it's about a father. It's a well-known story that uh, most of you would describe as the prodigal son. But deep down, this story is about the father and how the father handles fatherhood. I want to just cut this up a little bit move through it and show you some examples. The prodigal son or sons and the father. Luke 15, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. He, he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. And the servant said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. Well, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, but you, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this, his son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill a fatted calf and for him, my son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again he was lost and is found boys will be boys we have a story here about two boys and a father the one son wants his stuff so he can go and move out do his own thing do it his way he's got it all figured out you know anybody like that Maybe have you been somebody like that? Give me my stuff. I'm going to hit the road. I know what to do. I've learned enough. I don't need any more advice. I don't need any more help. I can do it just like I'm doing it. Just let me do it. He's the youngest, and he's probably been watching how to do it on TikTok (laughs) or on some other platform so that he can learn others have just done it the same way and they're saying how great it is. What is it? Misery loves what? Company. Company. Misery loves company. So this son was probably on TikTok or looking at some videos on YouTube, figuring out how to do it on his own, how to figure it out himself, how to strike out, get your stuff and go. And so he did. And I want you to see how the father reacts to the son's request. The angle I want you to see is the father. First of all, focus on the father, not the son's. What he does and how he does it mirrors our heavenly father. Just take a look. It's Father's Day. And this is maybe not our earthly father. But I want you to know that this earthly father did what our heavenly father does. The first thing that he did is God and this father gives us free will. He did Adam and Eve in the garden. God gave him instructions, but they had free will. They wanted to do it on their own. They didn't listen, and they got cold and naked pretty quick. You see, God gives us instructions, and we can follow those instructions, but he gives us free will, and so we can take it on our own and go do what we want, despite what the Lord may be saying to us, not only in his written word, not only in the spoken word, but through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may be saying, no, 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 and you can damp that down, but God doesn't take it away. He still gives us free will. Luke 15, 12, the young man says, Give me the share of my estate. And the father did. In Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The free will that God gives us, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to excel He wants us to live life to the fullest. Luke 15, 13. Here's what what happened with this young boy. Not long after that, when he asked his father, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. John Wesley says this. Make all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. A squanderer means to just scatter or disperse. It's like you've seen people when they win a lot of money on TV and they'll get the money they'll just throw it up in the air. Yay, look at here. That's what this young boy did with his wealth. He just scattered it. Like wheat and chaff, you know, you throw it up and the wheat comes right back down and the chaff is just blown away. That's how quickly your riches can go. God gives us free will, and he gives us so much. Just think of all that God gave Adam, dominion over the earth. That's what he gives to us. What do we do with it? This is what the young boy did in Luke 15, 14. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Have you ever been in need? I have. It's a scary feeling to be in need. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs food, water, and shelter, and safety they're right on the bottom. You can't meet any of these higher needs until these lower needs are met. As a young boy, a young man actually, uh, went through a divorce. Didn't have many resources, and I was processing and working through that. There were many nights that I was hungry, had resources, but it didn't make it to the end of the month. I learned how to work through that. And he spent everything. There was a severe famine. Where'd all the money go? Where's the warm bed now? Who knows? You've ever been hungry? You know. God says, "I give you dominion over the earth, I give you free will. I want you to conform to mine, but you have to take it in on yourself. The young boy did it his way. Listen to Proverbs 14:12 about this young man. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death or destruction. God gives us free will. The father gave this young son free will, but also the father represented God. Luke 15, 17, when he came to his senses, this is the young boy, the first prodigal. How many of the father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. What's in my father's house? I mean, he knew what was in his father's house. He lived there. He, he never had to ask to go get a ham sandwich out of the refrigerator at his father's house. He just walked in. He never had to ask if he could get some sweet tea. He would just go in and get it. He never had to ask if he could have some frosted flakes. He just went in and got them. He could have had his buddies over and ordered pizza at his father's house. He knew that. The boy says, how many of my father's hired servants, the servants at my father's house, have plenty? John 14, 1 through 4 says this, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions, other virgins say many rooms. If it were not so, I'll have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. You see, God has plenty in his house. He's got mansions that are for us. And this is not just in heaven. This is on earth. He's got plenty for us right here. So the young boy did this in Luke 15, 20. He got up and he went to his father. And I want you to know something. This father, because of the way that the father was, the prodigal son became what he should be. You see, had the father not been the right father and said, uh-uh, you got what you deserved, don't, don't come back to this house. You've had your share, you made your bed, lie in it because the father was what he was, loving and forgiving and compassionate, full of mercy and grace. Because the father, like in first Corinthians, he didn't count wrongs, but rejoiced in the rights. Because of this, the son could become what he should be. In many marriage vows, either scripture it says, the two shall become one flesh. Anybody that's been married long enough knows that this becoming can take a long, long time. This becoming can get railed off easy. This becoming one flesh. You've got you to have some commitment. You've got to have some stick to it. Or you won't become one flesh. Luke 15, 21. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arm around him and kissed him. See, the father represented God. If those around us who have done wrong, if they come back and say, I've sinned, I've done wrong. The example in the Bible is that you open your arms. You welcome them back. You kill the fatted calf. You put a ring on their finger. Give them a robe. Throw a party for that person, whoever it may be, was lost and now is found. Psalm 103, verse 2 through 5 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases who redeems you, your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. eagles. This is what the father has for us. This is what this father here, and boys will be boys, is doing with his son, his prodigal son. And he came back. Luke fifteen twenty one, The son says to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You know, I don't know about each of you, but I'll tell you. As Jim, I'm not going to sing. But if I could, I would. This song. And this is what it reminds me of when this boy was away. It reminds me of when we are away, when we are not where we're supposed to be as sons of the Most High God. When we've turned away, looked at it on social media and decided we're going to do it on our own. Here's here's what God is saying. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling calling for you and for me see on the portals he's waiting and watching watching for you and for me come home come home ye who are weary come home earnestly tenderly jesus is calling calling O sinner come home bible says this likewise i say to you there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. The father said this My son of mine, he's dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. <clears throat> but the father actually had two prodigal sons. The one had finally come home, the other one was still home. Not only do the angels rejoice when we come home, God does too. The father represented God. He threw a party and greeted his son. But in Luke 15, 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. God's never going to stop coming after us. He's never going to quit. It's not, we are not so far away that his hand can't reach us. His arm can't grasp out. And I'll tell you with your children right now, I don't care how young or how old they are. I don't care how far they've gone to the right or to the left. I don't care how far they've gone out. Our Father God is pursuing them. He's after them. He's he's not going to give up. Luke 15, 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out. He said, it's his fault. He did it to himself. He's telling the dad, yeah, I'm, I'm mad you're welcoming me back. He, he should have learned a lesson. He needs to learn a lesson. You need to do this differently, dad. How's he ever going to learn if you don't teach him, dad? I'm trying to teach you to my son, whom I love. I want you to see my love. I want you to see experience and know joy. Listen to this, Luke 15, 29. But when he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you, the son says. I've never disobeyed you. You never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You see, his son had a works mentality. He said he owned it because he did it. I've slaved here for you, daddy, all these years. You you owe me. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. We should help our families. But we should serve each other with love and respect. But if our mentality is that we're slaving for God, we got a wrong mentality. Yeah. Yeah. If we think we got to work hard to get to God and do this, 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 and this so he'll love us, It's not it. We got the wrong mindset. The father says this, but when this, the boy said this, but when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, not my brother, but this son of yours squandered with prostitutes, it doesn't say that earlier, but this is what he thought. This is his mindset. See, I want you to know something God loves each and every one of you, no matter what. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, boys will be boys. Strong-willed, strong-headed, get it done, do it my way. I want you to know, saints, God loves you. There's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from God. You can run as far or you can say I'm slaving right here for you. He still loves you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And if you've got children who are astray, Or who have been astray. Don't give up. Don't stop. Never ever ever quit. Pursue them. Like God pursues us. He said I stand at the door and knock. Where is he when he's knocking? He's at your door. Where is your door? Wherever you are. He is going to wherever you are, whatever time, whatever place. He, he's going to your door and knocking. Let God in your life. Father, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for an example of a father. This father was a father like you who gave us free will. Thank you for our free will, dear Lord. Father, help us with our decisions. And, Father, for those of us that may have children that have gone astray, let us, like you, never give up and continue to knock on their door. Father, we thank you for that. We praise your name. In Jesus, amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.